Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. This week, I'm super excited to chat with my guest, Brooke Smith. She's a time management and productivity coach. So I can, just can't even wait to hear all the goodness you're going to share with us today. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I love, like, like I said, before we hopped on, I was looking at your website and I just love it. And you, how you talk about you were able to do so much more without losing your shit. I thought it was awesome. It like totally resonated with me. I was like, I cannot wait to connect with her. I mean, that's what it's really about because we do, do, do so much, yeah. but eventually most of us do lose our shit. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Definitely more than once for me. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I'd love to learn more, like how you got into your business. Um, you know, any, thing that like influenced you leading up to that, like your story, who you help, all of that amazingness. So I actually got into my business because of an eating disorder. I had struggled with bulimia for most of my life. And in my early 30s, I relapsed and then discovered intuitive eating while I was mm. figuring out my recovery. And the thing that really resonated with me about intuitive eating was that I didn't need to micromanage my body. I didn't need to try to control what I ate and control how much I moved and control my body because my body was actually capable of doing all of those things outside of my conscious awareness. And I realized I'd wasted two decades of my life trying to control my body and not doing all the things I really wanted to do. And when I let go of that, when I decided to sort of delegate the decisions about eating and exercise to my unconscious mind, and focus on what I did want to do, I had the most amazing year of my life. I finished my MBA. I started a new job. I crushed my first year sales quota, renovated a rental property, and ran my fastest marathon yet. It's like, awesome. wow. Yeah. I was like, so there's something, this like, I'm onto something, this whole letting go of control and then getting to do all these other things. And I started seeing that pattern everywhere in my life. I realized that, of course, I'd been trying to control my then boyfriend, now husband. And in trying to, you know, control him and encourage him to adopt certain healthy habits, I was super duper not helping. <laughs> um, and I was wasting a ton of my energy and making both of us very frustrated and making the relationship less enjoyable for both of us. And when I stopped trying to make him be what I wanted, our relationship improved so much. And in the workplace, um, you see, we see, you know, in business and in corporate, we people try to control their customers. You know, we try to push people to a certain buying decision. We try to control our employees, wanting them to do things a certain way and wanting to know all the details of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that just takes up energy. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. Like I'm sitting here shaking my head. You can't see me. because <laughs> <laughs> it, It's so true. And yeah, um, it, it's something I'm actually like kind of new into realizing, like I'll be 40 this year. And I don't know if that means anything like looking back, like, oh my God, all the energy that I've wasted doing stupid things, trying to make it fit into a certain cookie cutter type thing is such a waste. Like you're saying, you know? Yeah. It's like all the energy that I wasted in my twenties trying to cover my gray hair. Right. I know. And like, wow, now that I just accept it. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I, I love too, that you mentioned like the subconscious and the uh, uh, subconscious unconscious mind. Cause that's another thing that I'm kind of new. I actually was just listening to like a podcast this morning with Bob Proctor, who I like just discovered like last year. And uh, Again, something that like, I, you know, we weren't taught a lot of this in school or and I wasn't taught by my parents, stuff like that. But it is like literally like mind blowing, like how things are wired and how we why we do the things we do and how we can change the things we do and how peaceful it is once you start changing that, like, but letting go at the same time, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. And you are so right, because we are taught, conditioned and programmed to behave and follow instructions. And to try to control everything. Yep. Like control all the variables. Yeah. And it's yeah, um, such a time waster, like you're saying, an energy yep. waster, really. Yeah. And it distracts us from the things that we could be doing. Like when we're obsessing about how do I do this thing in a way that will minimize my chance of getting a negative reaction when we can't control the other person anyway. Right. That's time that we're not spending coming up with a creative and brilliant solution that we feel really good about. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, and you help entrepreneurs with their offers, right? And their, like their courses or their business. Like, how do you work with the business owners in case anybody's listening? They're like, oh my God, I have to work with Brooke. She sounds amazing. So I help entrepreneurs with their brains, um, (laughs) which essentially means I end up touching every part of their business because I help mostly women, figure out what is their zone of genius? How do they best want to be and function within their zone of genius? And how can they create the business around them that energizes them and feels fulfilling and feels really good where they're doing work that they love with clients that they love and either minimizing or delegating the things that they don't love? I love that. And I feel like that's something that, you know, as a woman entrepreneur, it's it's hard for us to do that. You know what I mean? Without like somebody being like, okay, this is probably where you should let go. You know, like you don't have to do everything yourself, you know, like put your energy where it's like should be used. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's two really prevalent misconceptions that we have kind of, we've adopted them unconsciously. I think when asked, Mm -hmm. we know they're not true, but we still kind of believe them. And one is that all the things need to get done. Yes. That like we need to be on social media and on email and on YouTube and have a low ticket funnel and and have a high ticket funnel. Exactly. (laughs) And then the second part is that we also then think all of these things need to be done by us. Yeah. Specifically. So that and that combination is such a dangerous intersection because we pile all this stuff onto our plates, thinking it all needs to get done. And then on top of that, we take it all on ourselves as though we don't have any help or support. Yes. So true. And so much of it doesn't need to be done by us. 
and of the stuff and even more, you say some of that, a lot of it doesn't need to be done at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, totally. Um, I, going back to the podcast I was listening to earlier, I had never heard this quote before, but he, he said success is 95% mindset and 5% strategy. And I feel like we that's flip-flopped. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I got to have this strategy. And I like you were saying the, the low ticket, the mid ticket, like the high ticket, like TikTok. Like I don't even like dancing, but I should be on TikTok. <laughs> it's like, yes, there's strategy. And you, you, you know, like you don't have to do all the things, like pick the ones where your people are and like go for it, you know? But I think there's so much more, um, as you're saying, mindset work that, that probably is not being done because we weren't brought up or taught that way. <laughs> It's so true. And the way that mindset is approached a lot of the times is very, I don't want to say superficial, but it essentially Mm -hmm. like tries to spread all this positive stuff right over top of whatever's going on unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could remember where I heard this analogy because I didn't come up with it and I can't take credit for it, but it's like putting beautiful icing on a rotten cake. Oh God. Yes. That's so... That is so true. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah, it's, that makes total sense. So, yeah. I mean, real transformation has to start with decluttering all the stuff that's already in our minds so that we can intentionally adopt those new beliefs and thoughts and habits and patterns and rituals that we want. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any tips on like how people can get started doing that or like one thing that they could take away today to start? Of course. Uh, Meditate. Um, Even just two minutes at a time, just practice being in your body. Just close your eyes. Notice the soles of your feet on the floor. Notice your sit bones on the chair. Notice your breath. And even just doing that for two minutes at a time activates the direct experience circuitry of your brain and takes you out of that narrative experience where we create all of the thoughts that cause us problems anyway. I mean, the narrative experience is a great place because it's also where we are inspired and we do our best work and we talk to people and we tell stories and we come up with brilliant ideas. But sometimes we need a break from the narrative experience because the narrative experience is also where we come up with stories about how everything is terrible and everything is <laughs> falling apart and ever <laughs> and we're terrible and we're not good enough. And just two minutes of noticing your body and noticing your breath can just flip that switch in your brain and give you a little break and a little bit of distance from all of the thoughts. Mm, I've got to start trying. I've said I've, I would try meditate and I guess I, I do try, but I mean, seriously, it's like 10 seconds and I'm like, oh, I forgot to send that email. Uh, <laughs> like I forgot to pull the fish out of the freezer for dinner. <laughs> I'm like so horrible at that. But does it get easier? Does it get a little easier? But, you know, we keep at it. It, <laughs> it does. It, meditation does suck when you start. And I think people who talk about how much they love it just don't remember how awful it was when they started. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's totally normal. You sit down, you close your eyes, then it's like <gasps> grocery list, email. Yes. Are there cookies in the oven? And, you know, did I leave the tea kettle on? Right. <laughs> it's, or, oh, I should be doing something productive now. And the more that you practice, the more you will settle in. It, it gets less awful until it's okay. 
and then it gets better until it's actually enjoyable. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I just wrote a note. I am going to start. It reminds me of like, like, you know, like childbirth. Like when you're like right after you're like, oh my God, it's horrible. I'm never doing that again. I'm never having another kid. That was awful. And then, you know, you have like another kid and you're like, ah, you don't remember how horrible it was, you know? Yeah. Getting a degree, like you finish school and you're like, I'm never doing it again. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years later, you're either going back for another degree or starting a certification. (laughs) Right. It wasn't so bad. And you're like, oh, wait, damn it. Um, so how do you balance work and life? Like, do you think that's a thing or do you, you know, have certain, like, I don't like schedules that you follow to help it? Or like, what are your thoughts on that? So my biggest advice is that wherever possible, especially for entrepreneurs where we have autonomy to choose work that you love Mm -hmm. and focus on creating a business that enables you to do as much of the work of you love as you love and as little of the work that you don't want to do. And I think we get into this trap of seeing someone else's business model and thinking we have to follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one-on-one coaching isn't for everyone. Done for you services isn't for everyone. Courses isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. Depending on the way that we individually like to show up and serve our people has a huge influence on the way that we will feel happy and fulfilled in business. I love that. And if we structure our businesses in a way that play to our strengths, then we can enjoy what we're doing so much more. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's, you know, if you think about it, it's relatively simple. You know what I mean? Like if you focus on what you're good at and, you know, you're putting that out there, you, you know, like naturally that will come back. But, you know, I feel like a lot of times we're like, oh, I should be doing this or I should have done this or I should take that job because it's like a steady paycheck. You know what I mean? And we tend to devalue the work that comes most naturally to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we devalue the work that we really excel at and that energizes us because it's so easy and so fun. We don't believe anyone will pay us for it. Yeah. And in so reality, it's not that easy and fun for everyone. And a lot of people will pay us for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, I just assume everybody loves marketing. And then I talk to people and they're like, I hate marketing. I'm like, what? How? Why? Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, awesome. Or when you try, yeah. And the other way people kind of find their zone of genius is when they try to teach it to someone. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we're surprised that it doesn't come as easily to other yeah. people. We're like, wait, you didn't just intuitively know that? Right? Yeah. But you're so smart about all these other things. How did you not just know that? Yes, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, definitely focusing on your zone of genius work, you know, structuring your business in a way that supports the way that you like to work, because that in turn will attract the clients who are ideal for you to work with. Yeah. And then also this sounds so basic, but just taking care of our bodies. Yes. You know, sleep, rest, activity. Yeah. That stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so intertwined, you know, and like you said earlier, when you talk, work with entrepreneurs and, you know, you end up touching so many different parts of their business. And, you know, I I feel like there's so many parts of like when we're an entrepreneur and a business owner, you know, it's, there's not like a lot of times a clear cut line between professional and personal, you know, they kind of spill over to each other. And so it's so important to be able to take care of ourselves because that spills over into our professional life, you know? Absolutely. We are our most important asset. Mm -hmm. Totally. 
So are there any like apps or automation that you use that like you can't imagine, you know, running your business without? Actually, FG funnels. I have consolidated all of my stuff onto FG funnels. And it's amazing that I I no longer have a separate scheduler, a separate email platform. A I have not heard of this builder. amazing program that you speak of. Yes. <laughs> Tell us more. Um, so it was created by the team behind Funnel Gorgeous. Mm, okay. I've heard of, yeah, I know Funnel yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. And it's amazing because it's a landing page builder, a uh, course hosting platform, mm. email, CRM, calendar, all in one. And it probably does more things that I just haven't figured out how to use yet. Yeah. So wow. it's really, it's simplified my tech stack, which has therefore simplified my life considerably. Right. Oh, I love that. I'm going to check it. Like, cause I have a few, you know, I use a different CRM than I, you know, and then I use Teachable to host my courses and, you know, I have Google calendars. So there's like a little bit everywhere, <laughs> all over the internet. <laughs> and it's as a, um, I, I used to do cognitive psychology and usability research in one of my former jobs. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge nerd about usability of <laughs> software. And I won't name names, but like there are some really popular software platforms that I just refuse to touch because I went into them and I started to do a couple of things. I was like, nope, nope. I, it's like I viscerally rejected the experience of using some of them. <laughs> And FG Funnels has a pretty steep learning curve, mm -hmm. but once you get into it, it all makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'd rather, you know, put up some work up front to be able to, you know, not have to worry about that later and just have it all, you know, smoothly operating. <laughs> Smooth operator. Sorry. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Um, what is your favorite or most effective way to market your business? Referrals. Yes. Those are amazing. And it's funny because I've tried just about everything and referrals continue to be my biggest source of business. Yes. They're amazing. And I, and I think, you know, like you were saying earlier, we have to have all these different things and be to all the different places. And people a lot of times forget how, you know, awesome referrals are. And like, I think they convert it like 80% or something. I mean, they by far are so much higher converting rates than every like other piece of marketing that you could do, you know? And I feel like I get a lot of perfect fit clients that way mm -hmm. um, because they were hand selected by other perfect fit clients who I absolutely loved working with. Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you have any kind of like system that you kind of like, you know, follow up with people or you reach out or do they just come, you just attract them? I just attract them. And it's funny because I should have a system. Um, and as a result of my not having a system, like my income is more variable than I would like. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that that's hilarious coming from a person that talks about systems and productivity. It's not lost on me, <laughs> but they always, they always appear. That's awesome. I love it. Um, do you like how do you comfort zones kind of you know like work-life balance comfort zones I feel like another buzzword but I mean we all have them for you know because we're human what do you 
do, you know, like to get out of your comfort zone to help your business grow? And do you have any tips for, for me and the listeners? (laughs) Yes. So the first thing to remember about our comfort zone is that our brains, so our unconscious brains want us to stay safe and stable and avoid change and avoid new things because new things are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is an a this is a an instinct that is as old as time. Mm-hmm. It exists to keep us safe, but the result is that it keeps us safe from things that aren't actually threats. So our unconscious mind doesn't necessarily know the difference between the fear of hitting the go live button versus the <laughs> fear of like running out into the middle of an eight lane highway. Right. It just perceives both as like danger, scary stop. <laughs> so recognizing that it is a natural instinct, it's here to keep you safe, but it's not necessary. We know that this is perfectly safe, this thing that we're going to do. So we're just going to feel into the discomfort and do it anyway. And Continuing to move toward the discomfort is really one of the best things we can do for our growth because the more we practice moving into the discomfort, the better we get at moving into the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And we actually, over time, retrain our brain to embrace that uncomfortable edge of growth instead of running away from it. I love that. Hopefully, mine will embrace that one day. So true. Like, and you know, it's the same thing about like kind of forgetting how things were like when I've mentioned this on the podcast before. So sorry, listeners, if you're hearing this like for the thousandth time, but um, when I started this podcast, I was like extremely scared. Um, Hence the champagne helps a little bit, but, um, and I almost canceled like the first like four or five. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not going to do this. But now like I look forward to it and it's amazing. And I've met incredible people all around the world. Um, but it, and it's not scary anymore, but it was terrifying when I started, you know? Exactly. And that's a perfect example. I think of your brain getting used to the discomfort because what used to be uncomfortable isn't uncomfortable anymore. Yeah, totally. Now, now I have to get over that, you know, like the live button you just talked about. <laughs> that's my next <laughs> hurdle. <laughs> awesome. Um, oh, we're to your favorites. Um, what is your favorite book? Right this second. I think it's the middle finger project. I am reading it right now. And (laughs) it is just propelled me forward. Like, it was, it's engaging to read. I'm listening mm-hmm. to the audiobook, and the author reads it herself. She has a fabulous voice and I just love her, her burn it all down attitude. It's amazing. It was yeah. exactly what I needed. That's awesome. I've heard, it's been recommended on this podcast before. I have not read it yet. So I just made a note to get it because um, I've heard really, really good things about it. Um, and yeah, I saw your post on Instagram about book recommendations and I, I put two, it was like right before the podcast, um, girl on fire and girl code. Have you heard of Kara Allwell? I haven't. Oh my God. A same kind of thing. Like you feel like you can like set the world on fire after you read these books. They are amazing and life-changing. 
So yeah, I put that, I posted that on there so you could, and I tagged her too. So you can check her out. She's amazing. Thank you. I'm so excited to give them a listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite drink? Uh, tea, mm. usually uh turmeric ginger or ginger fennel peppermint. Ooh, I've never, I haven't heard that combination. That sounds yummy. Yeah. If it says ginger on the box, I'm in. Yeah. I, it's funny. I used to hate ginger. My husband is a ginormous ginger fan. So now I'm like, I can't imagine my life without ginger. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Go for a walk or a hike. Yes. Both are amazing. What's your favorite thing to watch? I up until recently, I would have said Firefly. Um, I've watched that show in its entirety more times than I can count. (laughs) But I've also I've actually been really drawn to the Queen's Gambit. I've watched that, I think, four times since it came out this winter. I haven't watched either one of those. I will have to check them out. Um, Is it like the Queen's Gambit? Is that like about like the royal family queen? England or it's a it's about a female chess player it's a coming of age (gasps) story oh okay and it takes place in the 1950s through 70s oh cool is it a true story I don't think so okay that sounds fun um and lastly where is your favorite place to go into the woods It's amazing. You're in New York, right? I am. I'm in Western New York, uh, up near Lake Ontario. Oh, awesome. So you guys have, like, there's a lot of forest and stuff up there, right? And hiking and mountains and all that goodness. It's it's beautiful. That's awesome. We have, even right in the city of Rochester, we have trails, we have parks, and then driving just 15 or 20 minutes out of the city. It feels like being being in the wilderness. Oh, I love that. Yeah, my husband sent, spent a summer up there. He worked for a family friend who's a carpenter who lives in Rochester. And he has always talked about like upstate New York and how gorgeous it is. And yeah, like we live in Oregon now, which is, you know, equally gorgeous. And he'll like comment how they kind of remind him of each other. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can everybody find you online? Social media, website, all that stuff so they can, you know, connect with you fur- further. Yeah, well, it's super easy. DrBrookSmith.com is my website and I am at DrBrookSmith on all social platforms. Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a fun chat. Um, I apologize your champagne wasn't there in time, but I, like I said, I do hope you enjoy it once it comes in today. Um, Thank you so much, Nicole. This was so much fun and I'm looking forward to enjoying my champagne tonight. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're crazy busy. And again, like I really enjoyed connecting. Um, and for listening to this week's episode of Bubbles and Biz. I hope you enjoyed it and are able to walk away with something new to implement or inspired in some way. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, join us in the Bubbles and Biz community. We have weekly accountability and open office hour and rotating events like group coaching from me, networking, expert guests, and more. Join us to connect, collaborate, and celebrate. Learn more at bubblesandbiz.co.